0: Repairs
1: to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your turkey lurky hostess with the mostess, Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Your Mouth.
0: Oh. In. I'm the
1: queen of food who's always in the mood mood. To lick it right, lick it good Show you how to Oh,
0: God, that's good I want to
1: know what you eat from the streets to the (laughs) sheets So open wide, honey I'm coming In your Got hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostess Munoz and let all things now living a song of Thanksgiving. Uh, if you didn't grow up in the church, in the Catholic church, you may not know that one. Um, yeah. How about it's turkey lurkey time, Tom Turkeys ran away, but he's back again. Folks, Thanksgiving is upon us. Can you Even believe it. Hopefully, your Thanksgiving prep is well underway. Uh, You know, the house is starting to smell of sage, uh, rosemary, thyme, um, I don't know, baked goods, and all sorts of things. And hopefully, you are in a safe place like in your quarantine pod and things like that and keeping your family safe or your friends safe or your chosen family safe. That's what I definitely wish for you today and tomorrow and the rest of this holiday week. Oh my God, big things happening on the pod, y'all big things happening. Before we get to today's guest, which I am super excited about, I need to tell you that In Your Mouth has really fancy stickers and I'm dying to give them away. So if you want a sticker, if you're like a sticker queen, hit me up on uh, Instagram. I will tell you how to get one flow free. I will send it to you. No problem. I'm really excited about that. Also, it's the holiday season. It's the time for giving, you know, and I just joined this website called Buy Me a Coffee. It's kind of like Patreon. If you feel so inclined to buy me a coffee, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Munoz. And what? Give back to your favorite podcast host that uh, that gives you all the free and fabulous content. And I rarely ever plug myself on this thing. So... Why not every once in a blue moon? But enough about me. I am so excited for today's guest, y'all. Because this queen, you heard it right, this queen, sure as hell, sent me some food via Uber this morning. Like it was a whole production. Um, if you're following me on Instagram, both accounts, you saw me queen out. To the max. So please join me in welcoming the one, the only Chef Christina Sibeli Petter. Say
0: hey girl. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm super excited to be here.
1: I am so excited to have you on. I'm I'm like, my my chair is moist, is <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I love it. I and it. I have to start by saying and telling the audience, my, my faithful listeners from here to India, that um, you sent me what looks like the most delicious brioche French toast. I mean, listen. Yes. My house is ablaze. You, you hear the fire alarm? Uh, the fire
0: <laughs> brigade is coming. <laughs> They're coming for some.
1: <laughs> They're coming. Um, thank you so much. I am so excited to try it live on air. I, I've awesome. waited, and I. I have aw- mine
0: too. Oh my god! I'm ready so we can as well. Try,
1: we can try it together. You know what? Yay! You know what? Let's let's just do that before we get to anything. I, I'm unwrapping. Look, a little ASMR for you all this morning.
0: Yes. Dive in.
1: Yes. Oh my God. Oh, it's so warm. I'm like literally holding a hot pan here.
0: <laughs> I made it this morning. I. So it's fresh out of the oven.
1: Oh my God, guys. Oh my God. I need that custard. Where is? So wait a minute. There. This is Rio's mm. French toast with. New York maple syrup custard? I made custard, Ex- yeah. Explain this to me.
0: So mm. it's kind of like um, making an ice cream base or uh, a crumb brûlée base. Oh my God. So it's the same process, but instead of just mm. plain sugar, either brown sugar or white sugar, I use mm. the maple syrup and a little bit of vanilla sugar that I've made um, and I store on hand. Mm. So mm. I use that for the sugar content of it. Mm. I make a custard... I um, I toast up, I cube up nice and big so that it's got some volume to it, the brioche, and then I toast it up. I let it dry out for a day, toast it, mix oh it in God. with the custard, and then bake it.
1: Mm-hmm. I love you, A, for sending <laughs> this to me. B, I didn't hear a thing you said because I'm literally making <laughs> love <eating>. to this.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my so you you can eat it like that, or mm. you can cool it down and then slice it and then sear it in a pan with a little bit of butter, and then it's like French toast slices. So it can yeah. it can go either way. You can enjoy it either way. It's delicious. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. I love
1: it. You know what? My litmus my litmus test for food, right? Um, you know it's good, <laughs> you know it has my seal of approval if I can't stop laughing. There's something about really, really good food that makes me just laugh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, from fine dining to, you know, um, cheap eats, if it's really good and I start laughing, forget it. It's, you know, it's the ish. It is the ish. Thank you once again. I am going to devour this. um, Excellent. And... Listen, I broke my intermittent fast for this. So you are very, very special.
0: (laughs) Me too. It's okay. We'll be in the same boat today.
1: (laughs) It's okay. You know what? It's the the holiday season. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. Well, before we move on any further, in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I need to wish you a very happy National Parfait Day. Ooh,
0: all right. (laughs) I love parfaits.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, ooh, what if we (laughs) took some of this French toast and threw it into a parfait?
0: Ooh, okay. I like it. Right. Make a little little like whipped. Oh, a little whipped cream with a like,
1: little yeah, maple like, in there. Like a, no, it has to be like a liquor whipped cream. Like a ooh, like even a, better. Like a Grand Marnier whipped cream or a Chambord. Grand Marnier. Yeah. You know,
0: okay. Something like a, that. A little bit of fruit, layer it nice. Yeah. And- Fresh fruit,
1: you know, Mm because this is is sweet enough. What I like, what I really like about this French toast too, is that it's not like, it doesn't kill you with sweetness. It's like, it's really nicely balanced here, right? And it's like toasty and crunchy.
0: You can take a little more maple syrup or not. It's kind of like that middle ground where it's like, it's good, or yeah. we can make it a little bit sweeter.
1: This is good. I'm, I'm literally just going to be munching on this all day long. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> um, It's National Parfait Day, and <laughs> you're in luck because today's a two-dayer. It's also National Eat with a Friend Day, which is exactly right. what we're doing.
0: Yes, my, we are.
1: You're my new friend, and we're eating together. You know what? Let's just t- take another bite in celebration yes of National a friend Day. Cheers. French toast cheers. This yes. is definitely going on the internet. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. No. It's the bottom. It really... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, I have goosebumps. Tally. I totally have goosebumps. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. We got to keep going because we need to learn (laughs) this whole entire podcast. Thanksgiving podcast is just going to be us eating, which kind (laughs) of makes sense.
0: Yes, totally. (laughs) But did you know...
1: Because we always uh, celebrate this day in our gay history here on In Your Mouth. And did you know, Christina, that in 1997, homosexuality is decriminalized in Ecuador following a landmark decision handed down by the Constitutional Tribunal? Look at that! It's a great day. Excellent.
0: Go Ecuador. Yeah,
1: go Ecuador. All right.
0: Why? Nice. Nice,
1: right? I mean, what more? What more is there to say? I, I'm glad. I'm glad this day in gay history was like a good news day, like a good history day. Yes, not a bad day. uh, There's been a lot of uh, trouble and strife, uh, to say the least, throughout the, through the years. Uh, I'm (laughs) very, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the day before Thanksgiving, like I'm very sing-songy today.
0: (laughs) I love it. You're musical. I love it.
1: So, anyways, for all of you out there who don't know who Chef Christina Sibeli Pettis is, let me fill you in because you need to know. Chef Sibeli is a private chef and culinary educator. She has been cooking and teaching for the last 17 years and is a culinary instructor for schools such as Star Career Academy in New York City, as well as various nonprofits, including the Careers Through Culinary Arts program. Chef has also taught recreational ca- classes at various locations for Sir Le Taub, uh, ending as their resident chef in White Plains. I just noticed on her website too, she does like online virtual classes for those of you out there who may want to learn how to make this brioche French toast. There was a plug. She also was the executive chef at Penelope in Murray Hill. Shout out to you, Penelope, that like closed down and then reopened. Holla! And has a popular YouTube channel, Chef Sibeli, Cooking in Ripped Jeans. Did you know that we are one degree of separation, you and I?
0: I did not know that. I'd I, love to know how, though. I didn't know that
1: till I put your bio together this morning uh, myself, and that I have a huge Penelope uh, connection with Penelope. Oh, yes. With all the with all them front of the house girls. I know most of them. So like, (laughs) shout out to you, Cedric Lebo Jr. Shout out to you, uh, Darius Vines.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: All of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yep.
1: I got I got the girls on the phone and I was like, give me the tea. And they're like, you're going to live for her. We live for her wife. Um, they had nothing but great things to say and I was like oh I love this (laughs) this."
0: (laughs) that's so cool I love finding out that like people have connections that they never knew about
1: yeah and you know what believe it or not in your mouth listeners the gay scene in New York um, is very very small big city I I call it small town big city you know what I mean Uh, oh yeah So like we are, I love, I just love that little tidbit that like we're connected in that way because uh, those, that's my family, those, especially those two boys. um, That's my family. Like we talk on the daily. I love them. So um, it was, it was special to talk about you to them this morning before we, we hopped on the phone. Um, So yeah, shout out to you. But let's start at the very beginning. You know, where did the passion for the culinary arts come from?
0: Uh, interestingly enough, that is uh, not what I started out doing. I went to, uh, to college and got a degree in sports medicine. And just towards the end, I was like, what am I doing? I don't love this as much as I love cooking. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, um, I was working in a grocery store as uh, one of the front end managers to kind of like, pay the bills for college at uh, Price Chopper actually which is an upstate New York grocery store which is I, actually it's I
1: live for a Price Chopper yep
0: right they mm-hmm. have excellent bagels for not being from New York City
1: oh i did i did not know that well okay shout out to you Price Chopper and your
0: bagels Right. Those bagels are on point for being upstate. So I was a front end manager and I was always volunteering to walk up and down the aisles and put the shit back that nobody wanted. And then I started kind of piecing things together and I was spending my spare time while not in class for sports medicine, kind of um, figuring things out on my own. Not that I didn't already know how to cook. But I was a 20-something-year-old college student who couldn't afford lobster and had to figure out a way to kind of like do it, but adjust it to what I could afford. That's how it all kind of started. It was like I was at the end of my semester, my last semester, I was doing all of this in my spare time. And I was like, why am I not going to culinary school right now? So I literally went to culinary school the week after I finished college, jumped in, had all my GEs already done and just took straight cooking classes and, and like the hands-on part of it and whatever I had to fill in nutritionally um, that I didn't get while I was in college and got done in like 18 months, started working as a chef before that even, and was cooking for people in their homes. And then I turned it into my actual career and I have been a private chef ever since, I, um, really, my first culinary school professor is the one who kind of sparked the whole education thing. Uh, My mom's also a teacher, and I always thought she was crazy. I was like, I'd never want to do that. Uh, I did not like speaking in front of people when I was in college. I left that to the very last semester. At the very end of the day, I put it off as far as, it was like a Tuesday, Thursday class at five o'clock. I tried to put it as far away from me as possible. I was terrible at it. And then I kind of just had to force myself into it because I wanted to teach. I started teaching recreationally at Sur like eight years ago. That's actually how I met my wife. And after that, I got into culinary schools. I got a, a career culinary school career degree where I could teach in culinary schools and I took it from there and I've kind of had like a mix of both. I do meal deliveries, I do private events, I have private clients and I do instruction. And that's like really the core and the base of like what I really love to do is teaching people things and just... Cooking, just playing with food, basically.
1: Yeah, I love that. Play with your food. There's so much to unpack there. First and foremost, shout out to all the educators out there, especially mm-hmm. during this time, because this is not easy. Right. Shout Ooh. out to all the homeschooling parents. Shout out to all the teachers teaching virtually. Shout oh, out. Yeah. Just shout out to all of you uh, making it work to keep these kids educated and, you know, and their minds full and, and cause it's no easy feat. Uh, no. Unbeknownst, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. I have a degree in music education and at one point had my license to teach K to 12. Oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't, uh, I went down a completely different road, much like you did. But Usually, um, what happens? Yeah, you know, spend thirty five thousand dollars a year.
0: <laughs> Have a really big bill and yeah, uh, right? other the, skill I can yeah, use.
1: Yeah, uh, to pay off uh, student loans. Uh, seven. It took me seventeen years to pay off my student loans. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, but I want to know: did uh, did the sports medicine play into the cooking at all? Like, did you did like. Did they go hand in hand or are you using like the things that you learned in sports medicine in some way in your cooking? Does that make sense?
0: It does. So at first, no. The answer was like, nope, doing something else. Um, I eventually kind of got into the nutrition aspect of it and ended up working for Cornell. So I was teaching um, nutrition at Cornell through their extension program. So I was doing community nutrition classes. Um, There was a a portion of it that was kind of like geared towards SNAP benefits and um, basically like how you can use those SNAP benefits to benefit your family the best way possible. And so it was like part parenting class, part nutrition class. And I was there for almost two years. And then from there, it played into like my private chef aspect of it. So, people who are looking to kind of be more nutritionally sound or who have like issues where they're, you know, like blood pressure or whatever, or diabetes where they need an adjustment. So, at first, it had nothing to do with anything. And then I started working for Cornell University and then it kind of like played into that. And I take that with me now. So, what I learned through Cornell, through working with them. And then what I taught there, I've kind of taken to another aspect of what I currently do and offer, you know, like keto meals and, you know, paleo meals and low carb meals, stuff like that. I have a lot of clients who have kids with allergies because that's just a thing now. where lots of kids have lots of allergies and there's lots of concerns in the house. And a lot of times the kids don't have the same allergies. So it's kind of like, I got to do this here and this here. It's a lot of like movement of what can and cannot be used to benefit the family, nutritionally speaking. So at first it did not have anything to do with it, but then it really benefited me to kind of combine both of them and open up a whole new clientele, basically. Yeah, the allergy
1: thing is... Is like running rampant. And I don't understand it because I feel like you know what? It's what something like 40, 40, 38 days or 37 days to my 40th birthday. And I remember growing up and nobody was allergic to nuts, nobody was allergic to seeds, nobody was allergic to milk. No, you know what I mean? And then eggs, soy, yeah, all of that. It's it's running rampant, and it's a very real thing, like my Uh, niece is very very highly allergic to nuts and things like that. So we can't even have them in the house. So it's it's really, really insane. And I'm just realizing right now that out of all the culinary people that I've had all that I've been blessed, I should say, to have on this pod, I think you're the first like full-on culinary educator. Uh yes. Like I'm just realizing, like I feel like some of the other chefs, like teach here and there, but you're like full out. And I, absol- I-, I absolutely love that. Um, talk to me, because we often talk a lot about, you know, the hypermasculine kitchen or the toxic masculine kitchen. And I'm curious to know if that exists, that hypermasculinity, like culinary world, exists on the education side of it all.
0: It's a little bit less. It's more of a we're on the same boat and have to deal with the the same things and a camaraderie kind of thing. Um, any kind of uh, professor uh, positions that I've held, I have always had a lot of support from both male and female counterparts. Um, there's always that one or two who is like, you know i yeah. know i know better i know you know like you get, <laughs> I love, you get. i love i love
1: that you did that they can't see you <laughs>
0: no, you're right. i crossed my arms and puffed my chest <laughs> that's what happened i crossed my arms and puffed my chest <laughs> thank you for the visual But that, <laughs> no you're right nobody can see me but you <laughs> but there's always like that one or two um I I want to say that like most of the men that I've worked with have been super supportive and helpful and most of the women I have worked with have been super supportive and helpful as well. However, I will say there is that one or two on both aspects of things who um just are not that nice because the culinary world is often not that nice. And that's putting it super mildly to what like really, oh, really yeah. happens. Oh, yeah. I've um, told,
1: I've told people that like, uh, cause I had worked in hospitality front of the house for 21 years. I've been in and out of a lot of restaurants in this city. Um, I used to work on a yacht that went around Manhattan um, it was insane. And I've had bowls thrown at me. I've had, I've had oh, yeah. pans thrown at me. I've had plates put in the, the oven. So like, right. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was always savvy. I was always onto them. And I was like, not me, not today.
0: I got my little towel. <laughs> yep, I, I,
1: I've got, I know what I'm doing here. Right. So yes,
0: exactly.
1: So yeah, I, I know and have lived that experience as well.
0: Yeah, educationally speaking, it's not as cutthroat as being in a restaurant setting or like a a bistro type of setting or a bar setting. Um, I've kind of tried to like dip my toe in as much as possible to make sure that I know that I'm doing what I am most passionate about, what I love the most, but also to make myself the most versatile. So I've been in and out of a lot of restaurants and a lot of catering companies and here and there doing like one year stints with... With this and that and whatnot. But educationally speaking, it is less like uh, toxic masculinity than most other settings. But there is Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
1: Did you just come out as a versatile woman uh, on my podcast?
0: (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. I do a little bit of everything. Trying to dip my toe in a little bit. We got
1: got to sprinkle the gay in it.
0: (laughs) You do, you do. You got to.
1: Speaking of the gay of it all have you found that being uh, a woman who loves the ladies like have you found that um to affect your relationships in this like culinary world and in this because once again the hyper masculinity of it all and like the the showing up and and you know being perceived a certain way can really affect you and and the way you work like in that environment
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So I've had a lot of assumptions made about me. I try to kind of, you know, put that off to the side, kind of ignore it. In in the kitchen, you have to be like you kind of have to be straight face, kind of have to get to the point. I I have had uh, a multitude of experiences in the kitchen where People will mostly, I, I will say men, I, I've not had this experience with any women in my life um, in a in a kitchen setting. It is always um, the straight man, basically. Um, and that's not to say that they're terrible people or anything, but it's just kind of how it has happened um you come into a kitchen you you are especially being you know an executive chef or the lead line cook or the sous chef or the chef de partie or whatever you know you have a position of power and it's uh automatic uh anger usually and then it's like what are you mad at <laughs> like my boobs do not change what needs to be done over here on the line you know so i've had where um people kind of think the, I like the ladies thing is, uh, you know, let me change your mind kind of situation. Um, There's, there's uh lots of like walk-bys with like a little bit of a grasp here, uh, you know, like a little pat here and there. And uh, Oh, oh, whoops, I didn't mean to do that. You know, they, they act like idiots basically. And then I've had where people are like, well, you're not going to tell me what to do. So it's kind of, it's, it's a rough situation to be in. It's, I, I've had great, um, kind of responses and results and relationships with women in kitchens because regardless of gay, straight, bi, trans, whatever, if you're identifying as a woman, you're already like bottom of the barrel. doesn't matter if you're the owner of the restaurant or you just started yesterday prep cook. It, it's just being a woman or identifying as a woman in a kitchen is not um, well perceived. And it's not, it's, it's just met with a lot of like, I don't know, just uh, resentment, I guess. that's That's what it feels like. It feels like resentment and anger. But it's hard to understand because those will be the same people who are like, you need to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Like, you want me to make your dinner and have your baby, but you don't want me to tell you what to do in a professional setting. Like, you got to shit or get off the pot, buddy. Exactly.
1: Like, yeah. Absolutely. Wh-
0: what's the problem? Where do you think you came from? You came out of a vagina. Like, come on.
1: I did. I, I certainly, <laughs> I certainly did with a top hat and cane, as I Ooh! said. <laughs> I did you own know like,
0: monocle?
1: Yep. And I was like, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my rectum <laughs> girl. But so how did you come through that? What What was your secret or not so secret way of coming through and rising above to being the fabulous, you know, chef lady that you are today?
0: <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> I like being identified as a fabulous chef lady. Uh, um, you're bl-
1: I know I in your mouth as she's blushing.
0: <laughs> I sure am. I'm super pale, so you can tell. Um, <laughs> I kind of like I kind of had to like put a wall up, basically. Uh one of those like impenetrable walls where sometimes that means you don't end up with a friend at the end of the day who could possibly be your friend. But it's one of those like, listen the job needs to get done. This has to happen in order for success to happen. So you're either going to do it or you're not. And I'm very matter of fact, I'm very straight to the point. Uh, I don't like to over-explain things like uh, the please and thank yous. I always tell my employees, those are implied all the time, like please and thank you all the time. Love you. Appreciate you. We'll talk about it later. I'll hug it out later. But right now, this is what needs to happen. And it's almost like very military-like where you're just like, okay, A, B, C, get it done. Let's go. Like you're either working with us or you're working against us. You can be part of the solution or part of the problem. And it came with a very high, very thick, probably in Trump's dreams kind of wall situation Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. it's like, I have to put on this face and put on this kind of persona so that shit's getting done and and it's getting done how it's supposed to, when it's supposed to, and as a team, because when, they kind of personify me as a woman and as, you know, like whatever they have in their mind looking at me as a, I am quite sure. I know we've never met each other in person, so I'm short. (laughs) I'm white. I'm a woman. You can tell that I am a lesbian. Like you, it's, it works all against me, like appearance wise. Um, I look younger than I am. That also works super hard against me. So that that wall kind of creates that barrier of business and pleasure kind of situation where it's like, get it done or get out. Like I always tell everybody the door is over there. If you don't like it here, like we're going to be a team, we're going to be a a working family, and we're going to get this done so that we are accomplishing a goal together and we're going to feel great about it or you're going to get the fuck out. And that was kind of like how I had to kind of present myself, which unfortunately means that like people think I'm a bitch, but it also gets the job done because I immediately just looking at me do not receive any bit of respect that any other man especially uh, a straight white man is going to walk into a kitchen and immediately receive for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, that's an and that's
1: an interesting point you bring up as well these walls because we as queer people, LGBTQ people, um however we identify, like I feel like automatically learn that trait in life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, through growing up and trying to figure out who you are, what you are, how to navigate it, and then the outside world telling you possibly and most likely telling you no, no, wrong, right? Absolutely. And so these walls are up and like constantly. And so, and so for you to transfer that to your work, um, I can completely understand, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And you have just, to be like type A, type B.
1: Right? Walls up. We're gonna get it done, and we're we're gonna move on because I have no time for the shit. And it's almost oh, yeah. like it's almost like uh, our journey to coming out has prepared us for, for like situations such Absolutely. as speaking of coming out. And before we get to the the fun of it all, uh, what was coming out like for you?
0: It was pretty seamless, actually. One of my favorite uh, stories of actually coming out is telling my grandparents who at the time were in their like mid seventies. So this was probably maybe nine, 10 years ago or so. I kind of like, just let them make their assumptions for a little while. They are Italian. They are Catholic. We are all super close. And then one day I was like, you know what? Kind of just got to like be honest. And, uh, it was one of the most memorable, like coming out, uh, experiences that I've had to have is I was on the phone with my grandparents. They were, you know, they were both on landline, so they were each on one (laughs) and I called them on my cell phone and I let them know. And my grandmother was straight up like, yeah, so, and there was like this pause and I was like, yeah, so what? Like, she was like, what is the problem here? And then she started getting loud in Italian. And she's like, what's the problem? And I was like, I don't, I'm not sure. Is there a problem? I'm not sure. Is there a problem? Do we have a problem? Do we need to talk about this further? And she was like, no, what's wrong with you that you think that I would love you any less or differently? And I was like, oh, that's where we're going. Okay. All right, great. (laughs) And she's like, well, okay. So anyway, what's for dinner? And I was like, oh, well, that was easy that's over. Okay, great. And it was like, it was just amazing. And, you know, I got off the phone and then I sobbed because I was, I don't know what I was expecting, but like, you never know, you know, like, You can love your family, spend as much time and and be as close as possible, but you never really know. And especially with my grandparents, like they helped raise me. They were in and out of my everyday life. And when I was an adult, I actually moved around the corner from them. And I spent like, they are a huge, huge part of my life. And I was just terrified and for no reason whatsoever.
1: But that goes right back to the walls, right? Yes. Right. And there's this like in automatic, innate sense of like, I'm terrified, right? And you could have the best relationship or the worst relationship, but like, there's just, I remember when I came out, I was like, okay, I have enough money to move out. And I had like a bag half packed, just in case, but there was no indication I was getting thrown out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right but it's there's
0: always that fear.
1: Yeah and it's it, it goes back to the walls and I just love the story of the grandparents cuz right isn't it what is it about your grandparents that like they understand but your parents don't because there's so many there's so many stories like that and we we too right because we don't really know each other I'm blessed to have a family uh chosen and uh biological that love me and it seems that you have the same and not everybody has that you know and so I love that you shared that story about like your grandparents um because I don't think we've heard a grandparent's story here on the pod yet either, which I love, I love, I love, I love. But I want to take a quick break here to take you into something a little fun, Uh, my favorite part, and the audience's favorite part of the fun. Are you ready for a little something we like to call Food News Updates! Food Food
0: News, honey!
1: You ain't ready, girl? Spill the cheese! Chalula made a hands-free hot sauce dispenser to replace bottles at restaurants.
0: Uh, amazing! Hello, the (laughs) lime, the chili lime version of Chalula in my fridge all the time.
1: Chili garlic Chalula.
0: Ooh, mm, even better! Mm. Right,
1: that's my that's my jam. That chili garlic Chalula. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hands-free dispenser. It's kind of like getting a little bit of hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Uh, I, I'm, I am 100 here for this. So this article comes from my favorite site, Delish.com. Not a sponsor. Um, and <laughs> Cholula worked with Simple Human, now uh, a tool designer, oh, yeah, and manufacturer to create the touch-free smart product. Now you all out there may already have simple human products in your in your home. They do like the hands-free like dish detergent or like the hands-free soap dispenser and all sorts of things. Um, very sleek design. So the concept is similar to the touchless kitchen faucets that get rid of germ covered surfaces. All you have to do to use it is hover your hand over it and Cholula's iconic original hot sauce will come out. Oh my god. I love I love everything about this. This dispenser is battery operated and holds 32 ounces of hot sauce. It has a valve I'm
0: already to, making a spot. Right? <laughs> well, there we go.
1: It has a valve to reduce hot sauce splatter and a completely new upward-facing sensor interface to make it more intuitive for users in the restaurant environment, according to CEO of Simple Human, Frank Yang. For $130, you'll get a, a dispenser and a half gallon jugs of Cholula original and free shipping ps.com oh. fyi all proceeds from the sale will benefit the independent restaurant co the independent restaurant coalition a nonprofit that helps independent restaurants affected by covid-19
0: oh i love it even more now right Oh, yes. And I a mean, half a gallon is only going to last me a week, so they better yeah. sell
1: more. I, I mean, uh, I gagged at the price for a minute. I was like, really? I, I, know, I was like, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of money. For I some clutched hot my pearls
0: for a hot sec. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now that I know that the money is going proceeds, to... The proceeds, yeah. Uh, all of the proceeds are going to the Independent Restaurant Coalition. Love it. I'm there for it. I, you know what, Chalula, Chef Christina and I already loved you, but I feel like we love you even more now. Ritz gave away 10-inch crackers that are the size of a platter.
0: Yes! Oh my god! The amount of pub cheese that can go on a 10-inch Ritz cracker. I love it! I mean, yeah. They did
1: it as a stunt, which I love, because, you know, charcuterie boards uh, over this like quarantine had been big on the internet. So they were like, why don't we just make a big charcuterie board out of a Ritz and have like the Ritz cracker be its base. Boing!
0: Mind yeah. blown. Love it. I'm actually making a brunch charcuterie board after we are done for a client.
1: Oh, I love that. I mean, mm-hmm. the limited edition holiday party platter is completely edible. Ooh. So you're saving on dish cleanup as well. They gave Ooh. away 40 10-inch Ritz holiday party platters to fulfill, you know, our holiday charcuterie needs. All right, I love it.
0: I'm there for it. That was like a
1: Instagram giveaway. I mean, fun. uh, You know what I? You know what I wonder here? A is it salted? (laughs) Mm. And B, I want to know how like firm like the whole cracker is because once you start putting like you know like a brie on there, like a melty brie Mm. or some like fig jam. Does it get get a little
0: soggy? Will it get
1: soggy and like fall through the cracker?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. My first thought was, does it still spell out sex, even though it is 10 inches and not one little guy?
1: Wait, these Ritz crackers spell
0: out sex? Yes, you can, with the little holes on the cracker. It's like one of those like urban myth things that is actually a little bit Wait true. Wait a minute. I don't know if it was on purpose, but yeah, you can follow the little holes and it spells sex.
1: No way. I'm I'm googling. I'm googling what a Ritz cracker looks like. <laughs> S? Wait. I I don't see it. Well, oh, like the the letters would have to overlap.
0: Yes, yeah, they do overlap. But because of where the little holes are, you can spell out sex.
1: Oh, well, I'm, I'm really here. Well, I see the S. I definitely can see an E and I, I definitely can. Yeah, that's a,
0: that could be a thing. <laughs> that was my first wonder. <laughs> I was like, Does it still spell sex? <laughs> I'm also not 12, I promise. <laughs> um, no, but I am. And I love that. Um,
1: it has the holes in it. It does Great, have the holes in it. Then it's big sex. And Lord knows we love big (laughs) sex. Exactly. (laughs) Ritz, if you have any leftover, please send one to us. That's all I got to say. Right?
0: (laughs) We will make the most beautiful charcuterie board. No, we will make the the
1: sexiest.
0: Yes. Board. Uh, yes there you go Indeed. the sexiest charcuterie board
1: and last but not least the cheetos cookbook is here and it includes recipes from some of your favorite chefs like ann burrell oh she's fam too isn't she yes she
0: is yeah. a little like secret fam but yes so cheetos i don't know how i feel about that because i just had them for the first time like two years ago <clears throat> don't judge
1: wow. really
0: yeah. yes please tell me they were flaming hot at least <laughs> No, they were just regular because I had never had them before. They are delicious. Uh, I th- I just didn't eat stuff like that when I was a kid. And then I just had no interest as a teen and 20-something-year-old because I never had it. And then a few years ago, my wife was like, can you try this Cheeto? And I was like, mm, it's dusty. <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> I was concerned about the dust. It's the <laughs> cheese dust. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like Delicious. to get my fingers dirty when I eat, but they're actually pretty good. I like the crunchy ones better than the puffy ones.
1: Yes, but I agree. I'm I'm crunchy over puffy. Team. I crunchy. have not had
0: the hot ones though.
1: No, you have to do tell tell Miss Thing the wifey that she needs to go out and get a bag of takis shout out to you Takis, and a bag of flaming hot cheetos shout out to you flaming hot cheetos both not a sponsor and um <laughs> and do side-by-side comparison
0: Ooh, that's a good idea
1: and then make sure you're home the next day but that's another story <laughs> <laughs>
0: spicy bum yeah totally yeah. get it <laughs> so
1: but anyways back to this cookbook the cookbook is wonderfully titled bon appetitos a holiday oh. cookbook by chester and friends that's that's cute that's cute
0: I like that. So, That's
1: cute. They're taking 22 different delicious dishes created by the likes of Food Network's Ann Burrell, Top Chef's Richard Blaze, Celebrity Chef Ronnie Wu, and Man versus Food host Casey Webb. The recipes include things like super cheesy mac and cheese, uh, delicious Chester cheese ball, Cheetos mashed potatoes, that kind of sounds good, and yummy fried mm-hmm. green tomatoes.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I love me a fried green tomato.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love a fried green tomato too. Um, So the best part is that the cookbook is dedicated to a good cause. It is not available for direct purchase, but you can visit Cheetos.com forward slash cookbook and donate a minimum of $35 to World Central Kitchen, which will go to their Chefs of America COVID Relief Fund. And then you'll get a cookbook.
0: Awesome. Love it. There for
1: it. And I'm all I'm always talking about World Central Kitchen. Shout out to you, Chef Jose Andres, and all the good work that oh, you yeah. are doing for the Absolutely.
0: people. Absolutely amazing. Right? I love how it. on earth he came up with that idea. I don't know. I love it. He, he saw he people needs... in
1: need. He saw people yeah. in need. He's a good person. And he, is. he needed to get he wanted to give back. And you know what? Uh, his legacy mm-hmm. will forever be ingrained in the culinary world.
0: Yes, I hope that does not stop anytime soon, even though we're the whole world is in crisis right now. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping at some point, hopefully soon, it will not be, but this still continues because there will always be people in need. And how he created it and what he does is, uh, I, I envy him. It is one of the most amazing things that has happened in the culinary world. Ever.
1: Yes. Yes. I uh, completely agree. So we we are definitely both here for this Cheetos cookbook. Go oh, out yeah. there, cheetos.com forward slash cookbook and donate 35 bucks. You know what? It's the season of giving, you know? And if you're not buying me a coffee on that, buy me a coffee forward slash Munoz um, website, you might as well donate that money to World Central Kitchen and get a cookbook out of it. You know yes, what? Absolutely. And then, and then send me your address over Instagram, and I'll send you some free stickers. Hello, and with that, there we go. <laughs> I think that's a great way to end food news update. Love
0: it! <laughs> Yay! This
1: was a good like pre-Thanksgiving food FNU. If I do say so myself,
0: absolutely, did you, did you I love that? it. Yeah? Yes, that was excellent.
1: Yeah, what well, what's on the what's on the list for Thanksgiving? Anything uh are you like a traditional list or do we do big Italian Thanksgiving?
0: <laughs> um my wife Ashley and I kind of created our own out of I hate turkey and she was like, um, I don't really like certain sides that are like very super traditional. Like she doesn't like stuffing. So instead of uh, like a big pan of stuffing or I'm so against sticking it in the bird and cooking it because it's not super sanitary. Um,
1: I, I, make- I'm going to have to disagree with you. I mean, I agree <laughs> with you that it's not super sanitary, but yes. for, I've been eating stuffing out of a turkey for almost 40 years. And I am it's still so kicking. It's so delicious. It's really
0: it is, delicious. It really is. It really is. Um, my, my education um, professor side of me is like, don't do that. So I stick like uh, mirepoix in there and citrus and whole entire bunches of herbs instead. Yep. But yes. because she doesn't like stuffing, because she doesn't like, she doesn't like mushy stuff in her mouth, we make it in little like muffin tins so that it's mostly yeah. crunchy.
1: Yeah, the Rachel Ray of it all.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Except uh, it's not in thirty minutes, but yes. <laughs> yes you know,
1: no, those mu- those stuffing muffins are a damn lie. And you know what? Shout out to you, RR, Right. And I'm glad your house is getting rebuilt, and so on and so forth, and that you're you are safe and healthy. But those those muffins, stuffing muffins take a little bit longer than 30 minutes. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. It's
0: it's a it's a bit of an undertaking. Um but we do duck instead of turkey because oh. I do not like yes. turkey I love and duck. we both love duck. Like yeah. we we do a whole roasted duck. Um, I make it super super crispy and then for our collard greens we don't use either pork or turkey. We use a smoked duck. So we do smoked duck collard greens. Ah
1: oh, yes,
0: yeah. my favorite. Oh,
1: you know, I, I you know what? I'm gonna just need to dig back right into this uh, <laughs> French toast. a minute it's, are you kidding? Mm. You're
0: like, let me just take a bite.
1: <laughs> now I want some, like some, like some smoked duck to go with those. Mm. I know, right? Oh my god, a smoked
0: dirt, duck duck uh, bacon or something like that. Mm. Yeah, side I had
1: to go. I had to go down to North Carolina for work. Um, a few weeks ago, and I had smoked wings because uh, Carolina mm. Barbecue is, oh my God, so good. Those smoked Absolutely. wings everything. Oh mm. my God, so delicious. And there was like nothing to it, but they were just right? so It's good. just the
0: process. That's yeah. the thing with like a lot of cooking. It's more of the attention to detail of the process mm-hmm. to bring out the natural flavors and kind of pair them with like something that works with them rather than throw in 3,000 ingredients. So a lot of the dishes that I do are very simple, anywhere between like four and six ingredients max. And that's including like salt and pepper and all of that. I try to keep it super simple because the technique and the process brings out the flavor more than, oh my God, let me throw all of this in it and hope that everybody understands how this is supposed to taste, but then it overwhelms your palate and you're not getting the true flavor of things. So we keep it super simple. Like with our mashed potatoes, it's potatoes, garlic steeped in cream and butter, salt and pepper, the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that?
0: best mashed potatoes ever. Like you don't oh have to throw God. everything in the kitchen into your anything, really. Yeah, and so, keeping it simple is the best way to go.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I love that te- uh, that, teep, that tip. That tip Uh, I don't know why I can't speak today. And I love that tip. So, I mean, so other than keeping it simple, because obviously that's the message here for Thanksgiving. Any other like Thanksgiving, last minute Thanksgiving tips for for the kids out there, like hosting virtual Thanksgivings, you know, since Thanksgiving is a lot smaller this year for almost everybody.
0: Hopefully everybody, uh, you know, kind of stays with their... uh... Their yeah. cohabitants whether mm-hmm. their their actual you know biological family or their chosen family, hopefully everybody's like kind of staying and not spreading you know i I, I keep reading this article about that wedding in Maine that you know infected oh. like thousands of people across how many different states or something like that it yeah. was just it's it's crazy like it's not worth it to put your your loved ones or others at risk because the the chain effect is like crazy, but for um Any sort of tip, I think preparation and and, I mean, you're going to understand this mise en place, you know, uh, which is French for everything in its place. Uh, Getting yourself prepared, having a list, not just walking into it and being like, all right, let's throw the turkey in at 4 a.m. the day of kind of thing. Um, Doing things the day before will save your life like you have no idea just because you are reheating something does not mean it's leftovers and does not mean it's not as good as it was yesterday Is't that you an made interesting
1: it. isn't that an interesting uh, concept? I love that you just said that because just because you're reheating something doesn't mean that it's leftovers. And I don't know what people's problems are, those of you out there with leftovers. Leftovers are delicious.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I'm
1: going to be, uh, if I don't finish this French toast brioche today, you best believe I'll be eating it tomorrow and the next day, but it probably won't last. But I mean... (laughs) <laughs> what? I, uh, I don't get it. Like, yeah. Um I
0: don't either either. I, I I don't understand what people's a little like quip is about leftovers, because if it was good enough for you last night, why isn't it not good enough for you today when it's set and kind of absorbed all the flavor, flavor and kind of just like, you know, it's supposed to be better. Like, I, honestly, like everybody thinks I'm weird for this, but I eat my leftovers cold. I like um, cold leftovers or like room temperature leftovers. I don't always reheat them. But if you're going to Thanksgiving prep the day before or two days before, you just have to be wary of the liquid content of it. Like you're not going to make mashed potatoes with the liquid content of eating it right now. You need to add a little bit more liquid content for when you are reheating it nice, gradual in the oven so that... You are achieving the same thing as if you made them fresh, you know, today with a left, well, not the leftovers. It's that's yeah. the side leftovers. <laughs> it's that like reheating it the next day, add that liquid content to it. Same thing with any side that you're going to do. We make back baked macaroni and cheese and we always make sure it's a little extra cheesy because the worst thing you can do to a baked macaroni and cheese is stick it in that oven and dry it all the way out to where it's crumbly and falling apart like it's not palatable when things aren't palatable it tricks your brain into thinking it doesn't taste good and like when I teach classes my best example of this is people are like oh it tastes like baby food and then I'm like but what does baby food taste like? It just tastes like food, right? Does it feel like baby food or does it taste like baby food? There's a huge difference. And your brain will make you think that something that is, you know, not super palatable or too one note. So if everything on your plate is mushy or everything on your plate is crunchy, it's going to trick your brain into thinking it doesn't taste good because it doesn't have a good mouthfeel. So be wary of your mouthfeel. You don't want to make dried out mashed potatoes or macaroni and cheese, you don't want to have that because you're going to think it tastes bad. So you make sure that your baked macaroni and cheese is a little extra, you know, cheese sauce in it. So when you are reheating it the next day, you don't have where it's dried out and crumbling all over the place. You want it to be nice and cheesy. You want to scoop into that and see that cheese yes, kind of pull up. Yes. You starving. are speaking
1: my language. <laughs> yes. And
0: nobody likes dried ma- or, uh, uh, mashed potatoes. Then it just tastes like powdered mashed potatoes. So. Which I grew up
1: eating. I I grew up eating powdered mashed potatoes.
0: Me too. They're not so bad. But then when you have like a nice creamy fresh made one, you're like, oh, okay. It doesn't have to be dry and kind of gritty. So... If you are, you know, prepping the day before, which you totally should be, you should be prepping two in, you know, like one and two days before time, you know, be weary of that moisture content. Add a couple of cold pats of butter to your mashed potatoes, stick it in there, and then when you heat them up again, they will have that nice fresh made kind of like mouthfeel and taste to it but a lot of times people are like you know a i don't want to do it ahead of time because then it's a leftover which it's not and and b they're cooking for now instead of tomorrow you know yeah. so they have to think about like making sure that it's nice and juicy and moist whatever it is
1: yes juicy and moist that's the <laughs> way aha uh-huh, aha uh-huh. i like that
0: <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god and for those of you that don't cook out there i think uh christina would agree with me you know uh popeyes is selling a thanksgiving turkey <laughs> that's a deep they? fry. yeah they have been doing it for years so just reserve it in advance <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds excellent <laughs> right or
1: you know what or You know what? Pizza can be Thanksgiving, too. It doesn't have to be. Absolutely. As long as you're with
0: friends and family and people you love, that's really what Thanksgiving is about, because originally it was not about any of that at all. It was more about, you know, kicking people out of their land and Uh, spreading the syphilis and the murder. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, not the syphilis.
1: Not the syphilis.
0: (laughs) So we're we're not for that. No. (laughs) Who cares what you're eating? Be with your friends and family and people you love. (laughs) No,
1: nobody wants that shot in the ass. No.
0: No. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) <laughs> no, nope. no murder and no syph.
1: <laughs> no, no Thanksgiving syphilis is not on the menu. <laughs>
0: no, not. <laughs> but if you're missing sides, uh, I have a whole Thanksgiving sides menu up that, on my website. That so may have to be worried.
1: the. <laughs> that may have to be the title of this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm there for it. <laughs>
1: Thanksgiving really is not on the menu with Chef Christina. Not on the menu. Yeah,
0: I'm down for it. I am I am there. I am oh my god.
1: This has been so great and so fun just getting to chat and laugh with you. I can't thank you enough for this brioche French toast. Tell the kids where they can find you, please.
0: Uh Um I do meal delivery. I do private events. I have private clients. I do Zoom classes. Uh, not so much, but the in person classes anymore. But I am there. We can do group classes. I just did a team building, a bi coastal team building. So we did it seven thirty our time. It was four thirty uh, West Coast time. So it it literally doesn't matter where you are anymore because we have all adapted to uh, the pandemic COVID times. And uh, so, yeah, you can take a class. You can have a private lesson. Um, you can also just order sides. And I do meal delivery, too, uh, throughout the boroughs in Westchester and Long Island. Yeah, so
1: that's it. Westchester. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give them the Instagram handle as well so they can... Uh, follow and maybe slide into the DMs if they want to appropriately. Oh, yes. <laughs> appropriately slide. <laughs> yes, appropriately.
0: You. I got a ring on the finger appropriately. Uh, Chef Sabelli. So I try to keep it all the same so it's easy to remember. You don't have to go. So the website is chefsabelli.com. The uh, Instagram is Chef And then I um, I'm just about there on the loading of the YouTube and all of the videos. Um, so Chef Sabelli cooking in ripped jeans. Um, I love wearing ripped jeans. I'm like the Mark Zuckerberg of the kitchen. Like I wear a, I don't know if that's a good
1: comparison these days. I don't know.
0: No, not, no, 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 no. Just the the clothes kind of comparison. You know, he's always in his, like his one shirt and his one hoodie and his one pair of pants. Um, so I like to be super comfortable and I kind of like to like just do things my way. And that's all about what the, the YouTube channel is about, um, There's various videos on there. My wife and I, we travel a lot, uh, obviously not out of the country right now, um, but we still like to travel and explore and find different things like uh, different farms and different hole-in-the-walls. I'm all about the -the hole-in-the-wall places to eat. You
1: and me. Oh, hole-in-the-wall places to eat. Oh, okay. I thought I was like, I'm all about a hole-in-the-wall too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) different hole in
1: the wall we're not doing that anymore either
0: (laughs) no that's not very covid friendly (laughs) no actually actually that actually could be no they
1: um the city the health department came out with like the sex guide and they were like did they yes look it up all months ago and they were like do it through a hole in the wall they they (laughs) full-on approved glory holes
0: all right, go New York City Health Department. I love it. <laughs> They're here for us too.
1: Yes, honey. <laughs> Listen, I always say it, the gays are everywhere, okay?
0: Mm-hmm, we, even if you don't think so. Yep,
1: we are <laughs> everywhere. We have infiltrated your minds for centuries.
0: <laughs> you just don't know it yet.
1: <laughs> well, a big thank you to you once again. Um, lately on this podcast, I just have a hard time saying goodbye, you know, because I'm stuck in 120 square feet here in Times Square. But this has been really, really lovely. Thank you for giving me so much of your time today. Um, it was an honor and a pleasure. And I am about to really dive into this uh, brioche. This this was super super special, and I can't awesome. thank you enough.
0: Uh, thank you so much for having me on. This is honestly my first time going on a podcast or doing anything like this, so it's super exciting. And you made it easy, and you're just the best. So well, it was awesome.
1: You. Thank you. We're just gonna spend the next forty five minutes saying thank you to each <laughs>
0: other. <laughs> We're gonna virtually hug it out. <laughs> yes. So
1: you y'all out there. Um. Please be safe. If uh, please keep your parents safe. Please keep your grandparents safe. Right. You may not be worried about yourself, and that's your own. That's your own thing. Right. Because I am not gonna, you know, shout you out or shame you. But like, just keep the rent safe. Yeah. We need them around. You know. We need. We need the grandparents. We need. We need our parents. We need Aunt Patty. Right. Because what's yes. Thanksgiving without crazy Aunt Patty? Um. Absolutely. For those of you without. With a crazy Aunt Patty. So, um, and if you are alone, I know holidays alone can be depressing. Please reach out to your friends. Please reach out to somebody. Call somebody. Zoom somebody. I know we're all over this Zoom thing, um, and this FaceTime thing. But like, don't don't sit there and stew alone. You know, go for a run if it's if it's nice. You know, do something for yourself. Take time for yourself. Meditate. You know, we need to take care of each other and especially take care of ourselves during this time, especially our mental health. So um, all y'all out there, have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. If you celebrate in whichever way you celebrate, a safe one, wash your hands. And um, as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth. Yay.